podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Yo, 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 people. Um, welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order. I've just realised I did not put in the intro. <laughs> I've just realised I did not put in the intro. So you can tell, you can tell that this is, even though it's midday, you can tell it's relatively early start for me on a Saturday. So, but I'm not sure if that's the same for you, Owen, what are you saying? Yeah, pretty early start for me as well. I'll just put it down to, I guess, you being a bit gassed about this transfer. We know um, you've been putting prop for a certain guy in um, yeah. in the chat for a minute. We got you, man. So, mm-hmm. here we are. Yep, yep. That's that. you damn right. We've got we've got our man. And you're right. I have been putting some, some prop. And you know what it is, yeah? I've been putting prop. And because I've been putting prop, people are like, oh, yeah. This is this is Tobes guy. Like some even some random Arsenal fan just added me now and was like, oh, um added, he goes, oh, tapping Tobes the way he's glorifying Richardson, you'd think he's Neymar. And I had to tell this bro, I was like, bro, you don't know me. Don't act, <laughs> don't speak to me on Twitter like you know me. And se- <laughs> and second of all, why is it why is it like that, I must think he's Neymar for me to think that he's a good player. I don't, I, I don't actually understand that logic. All I'm literally doing is fighting the notion that Richarlison isn't a good player. But anyway, we're here. We're, let's not get into what my personal thoughts are. We're here to talk about Spurs. We're here to talk about everything that's gone on this week because it's been a busy, busy, busy ass week for Spurs. I think we went through like a dormant period like a cooling period after Busuma, we went through like a cooling period where it was just a lot of talk, a lot of chat and then bang, I feel like it's just exploded again um, this week and with devastating effect because um, we'll start off with the biggest, the biggest piece of news this week. Spurs have broken their transfer record again and we have signed um, Richarlison from Everton for what is a 50 million guaranteed uh, fee plus 10 million in add-ons taking the price to 60 million pounds sterling. Now, Owen, um, what, what was the first thing you thought of when you saw this deal go through? I thought 
okay, now the the Spurs timeline can finally come out of the meltdown, which um, which was like you say after Basuma, there was like this period where okay, we've already done three signings in in June or by June, and you know the fans were impatient for another one. Obviously, we still have got a fair bit of business to do um at that time period, so um. Obviously, the anticip- uh, anticipation for signings was there, but see, I think um, Spurs timeline went over the top. Initially, I I had concerns about Richarlison. Um, as I put it in the group, like initially, I preferred Jesus, and then we got linked strongly with Rafinha. I preferred him just as yeah. better technicians in my mind. Agree. Um, but I've come round on the idea to Richarlison. My concerns about his ball retention, his dribbling, his passing have been have been eased somewhat. Um, mostly by your prop in the group chat as well. I've got to say, but see, I've seen. Um, I'll say just just how he carried that Everton team last year. You know, he's got he got um, what's it ten in ten in the league, five assists in thirty games. So that's uh, one in two goal contribution ratio to help a poor, poor, poor team get out of relegation. So with that, um, with those being eased, I uh, I really like what the transfer stands for mostly. I think, well, not only are we getting a good player who knows what he's getting into, obviously I don't think he's going to start every game, but he knows that and he's got the quality to push Kane and Son, who, mm-hmm. who again, I think their, their lapses in form are usually due to fatigue or injury. So, for someone who's played at a high, high level, not only in the Premier League, but um, winning the Copa America with Brazil and having a good goal record for them as well. That's um, that's something he can definitely add to the squad. He's a pressing forward, which we don't really have. Um, yeah. So again, yeah, adding that and just, just what he represents. Like I know a lot of... Um, a lot of fans were concerned about the fee uh, that we're paying. So it's like 50 initial fee. Like, fair enough. I think that is the going rate for these kind of forwards. That's that's fine. And it just shows that we are willing to spend money and do business in a swift fashion as well. Like, we, um, we managed to get in negotiations at a time where Chelsea were apparently looking to swoop in and steal the move. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe in the past, we would probably be waiting for a player to be sold or haggling over a small fee in terms of maybe the contract or the outright fee for the player itself. But we just okay. done it with swiftness with winks potentially going the other way, which we'll get into. So yeah, I, rep- I think it represents good business and obviously a good um, investment in the squad for a player profile, which we've needed for, for years, for years. So yeah. all in all, I'm very positive about this move. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I agree with pretty much everything you've said. I think you made um, a, a fair point, which I think we need to establish, which is that of all the names that we were linked with as attackers, all of them were good names. So Jesus was a good name. Rafinha was a good name. Richardson was a good name. Um, and I think we just have to be fair. We just have to be honest, Yeah. Those two names that you've mentioned, yeah, they're, I think Jesus is better than Richardson. I think Rafinha is better than Richardson, certainly in terms of 
what they bring in terms of the technical aspect. You can see them doing more with the ball at their feet than Richarlison does. But in the end of the day, Richarlison impacts and affects his team to a similar level that these guys do. Yeah. When you and that's backed up by the numbers and the performances that you that you've seen him put in an Everton shirt. I think I think the point on the price as well, yeah. Like I think that's that ultimately that's the main point for a lot of Spurs fans. Like I think some rate him, some don't rate him, but like they're they're all warm to the idea of Richardson because it's who the manager wants and because of the profile player he is. But I think as I said, the biggest sticking point for people is the price. And what I would say to that is the same thing I asked on, on Twitter yesterday. If if we didn't even know that it was Richarlison or Jesus or Rafinha or whatever, if I said to you, um, a Premier League club playing Champions League football wants to sign um, another, Premier League, uh, another Premier League club's best attacker who plays left wing, right wing, through the middle, and has proven to be capable of scoring double figures in the last, in three out of the last four Premier League seasons, and is 25 years old and has two years left in his contract, and is a fully fledged Brazilian international. He's literally Brazil's number nine. He doesn't play every game, but he's literally Brazil's number nine. That's the, that's his number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if his name wasn't Richarlison, how much would you expect to pay for that player in today's market? Yeah, I mean, that's a rhetorical question, to be it's, honest. It, 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 exactly. Like, it, exactly. And I get it. I actually get it because nowadays prices are crazy. Like, Jack Grealish went for 100 million last year. Yeah. For me, in my head, that was at least 20 million too much for Jack Grealish. For a player which arguably they didn't even need, which is, uh, I think that's another point that Spurs fans have been making that, okay, we overpaid for someone who's a backup. Um, I think that's so disrespectful because, I mean, and I think, again, like you touched upon, it's a decent price. And two, he's going to be a rotation player who can play all across, all across the forward line. He's not going to mm-hmm. start every mm-hmm. game. But given... Um, given circumstance in certain competitions, he could play well up to 30 to 40 games. 100%. 100%. Like, um, what the, the notion I don't get is, is, is that whole, Oh, why are Spurs paying 60 million for a backup? And like, I, I don't get what I, I would understand that weird sort of thinking from rival fans. But when I'm hearing it from Spurs fans, I, I just have to question myself as to, what do Spurs fans actually want? Because for years we've been complaining that behind the the the, the, the deadly duo, we've had nothing. We've had nothing. We've had no potency. And we brought in Kulisewski. Look at the impact he had in our team in January. We've now brought in another attacker in Richarlison. So now we're actually doing something that the likes of Man City and Liverpool are doing. They're, they don't rest on their laws. Liverpool signed Diaz in January. Yeah. Man City, Man City have signed Alvarez and and um, uh, Erling Haaland. Yeah, they don't worry about these 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 aspects because they know it's a long season, and if they're gonna compete on as many fronts as possible, they need the depth. So why are we up in arms about Tottenham doing what it takes to bring in a Premier League proven player 
that literally gives us that aspect, that aspect that we actually haven't had for a long, long time, if ever. That's and that's that's why I touched upon like no matter what your concerns about the player are, you can't say this isn't a big club move. You just can't. And it, it's taken some time for Levy to do this. And as you know, I'm a bit of a Levy apologist. And it's taken Paratici to come in and Conte to come in to be a lot firmer on his neck for him to loosen the purse strings. Obviously, Enix's mm. um, investment of 150 million helped. But yeah, it's it's a big club move for sure. There's There's no getting around that. So big fan of what that represents. 100%. 100%. Um, it's. I'm happy, man. I'm happy that we've we've got the, the deal over the line, man. I don't really care what people's opinions on Richarlison are, as long as as long as he does, as long as he's able to replicate a similar or greater level of impacts that he had at Everton on this platform with Spurs and Conte. I'm satisfied. Honestly, I'm satisfied. If you can give me ten to fifteen league goals, yeah, plus the goals in the Champions League and stuff. That's I'm satisfied, and that's what my expectation is for Richarlison this upcoming season. He has to deliver. He's got the big move now. He's got the step up now. Now let's see what 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 he can do. Now let's see that's, what he can uh, do. And, and like like John uh, Stewart was saying as well, big ups um, for I think it's a super chat, right? Yeah, yeah um, people forget about Son's dry spots. Like we we don't forget. We mention it all the time throughout the course of a season on every yeah. podcast, and it's his streaky nature. Again, partly due to um, partly due to fatigue, but with those um, streaky patches happening, for sure he'll make uh, make an impact. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think, I think <laughs> what I love, what I love the most about Richarlison, yeah, is the fact that he's a shit house. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that he rattles. The other the the opposition fans, I I absolutely love it. Even just this morning, on his on his Instagram story. So at the time of recording, this is Saturday, Saturday second of July. Richarlison has put on his Instagram story. Um, he's reposted a picture of him squaring up to Bellerin, um, in the Everton top, obviously, and he's squaring up to Bellerin at the time he was playing for Arsenal. This is a guy who who's got who's got that bite, and contrary to what certain cast members say. About him, Richarlison one thousand percent absolutely has that dog in him. He's got, <laughs> no, he's got yeah. that dog in him. People, people seem to think that because this guy dives or because he play acts, he ain't. He's got that dog in him for sure. One hundred percent. There's a difference. There's a difference. He does what it takes. He, he, he's a dark arts guy, but he's one thousand percent got that dog in him. Yeah. So. Let's see how he develops, man. I, I, I'm I'm happy we got that one over the line. And fundamentally, like you said, I think what it represents is a shift in how we want to do business and how we back our managers. To go out on a limb and spend sixty million on a guy that was the first choice attacker for Antonio Conte and get the deal done like that, bruh. Mm. Swiftness. And that's what that's Richarlison, Basuma. Um, Paris, Fraser Forster. So we had four players through the door before the first of July. When has that ever happened at Spurs? That's crazy. That's absolutely yeah. I'd have crazy. to I'd have to go deep on the on the Google's for that one. I'd, if it has ever happened, 
So it's yeah, nuts. It's, it's a great shift. It's nuts. It's nuts. But anyway, we're we're, we're looking forward to seeing what he can offer us, man, because that makes our attack very, very, very um, beefy and spicy coming up next season. But I want to move on to the other player that we've sort of set our sights on and we've done all but sign this week, uh, Clement Longley. So uh, how old is he? What, 27-year-old centre-back? Yeah, he's 27. 27-year-old French international that plays for Barcelona. Um, And he looks like he's closing in on a on a loan move to Spurs. Um I've not seen anything confirmed that it's with an obligation to buy. So it seems as if this is a signing that Spurs are making to sort of again boost the defense and give us extra cover in two positions. And again, it's another signing that divides opinion. Um before you give your opinion, I'm going to give my opinion on this guy. I think this guy is cheeks. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't rate him. I, I I don't rate Longley. I don't think he's good. I've not been impressed by anything I've seen at Barcelona. But I will say this. I will say this. It's not panic stations for me. And if there is one manager that I trust to try and squeeze something out of a player that is not so great, then it's Conte. And I think the fact that Spurs have targeted this player at Conte's request, let's uh, let's see if he can do a little ting with him. Because, again, I, I made this point the other day, and I'm not saying David Luiz is, is, is as bad as Longley is right now in my estimations. He wasn't. I think Luiz was a much better defender at that point in time. But when Conte went back to Chelsea, he signed Luiz. I was thinking, what, what's going on here? Like, why are you signing David Luiz? Like, red tear, tear. And David Luiz was his best defender in a, in a title-winning campaign. So... This is not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time we've seen Antonio Conte request a not-so-great player and do good things with him. So, yeah, I think he's there, but let's see what Conte can do, man. And I think the key thing to note with this one is there's no permanent attachment to Longley. Yeah. He's not coming in to be a main piece. He's not coming in to be some linchpin. He's coming in to add to what we have already. What's your take? This is what um this is what makes me not panic as much, I guess. Like the fact that it is it is only alone. He's looking to I think he's um joining to kind of raise the floor a bit. Like Jay Spurs coming in there. He's saying I think Lenley is coming to start. I think he's coming in as as cover for like you said, they the both um either or both left centre back and centre centre back. Um I agree in your assessment that he is a cheeks defender. I, I don't think he's a defender. I've seen this guy for Barcelona and France. Um I think the last game I saw him for France he came in um in a three at the back, was horrible and got hooked. So um every kind of kind of one V one duel on the floor in the air, I would see him lose. He's his physical attributes don't dead. Yeah, like they don't really give me much it? hope. Like he's quite slow on the turn. <laughs> he just gets pammed. He just gets he's... pammed every single time I see him. Bro, and <laughs> this is what worries me with um obviously him playing in the Premier League. 
Um, <laughs> however, um, I guess what makes me come around to him more is uh, he hasn't had as good of a coach as as Conte is at Barcelona, and um, yeah. Barcelona have just been a poorly as poorly run as for of a football club as you can get horrible in in history uh the past few years so there's a fairly easy caveat with that and i guess he is experienced he's got experience uh at an elite level i'm trying to like ease my own fears as well as other fans here but um obviously in our structure we play more of like a kind of mid block whereas barcelona are very very high on the front foot so he won't be as exposed especially with having two center backs next to him as opposed to just a a washed up pk yeah i washed up cheating pk and <laughs> like that guy was distracted as well so again he has certain excuses which can be made for him i haven't yeah. gone back to watch any comps of him at severe just yet because i don't think that will um that will sway my decision too much. Yeah. But um just to steal one of um size kind of sayings, he raises the kind of um technical the technical aspect of technical him. I forgot base. I forgot the word as I was about to say it, but um technical baseline yeah. of the team. So Definitely. He's actually very good at bringing the ball out of defence. So if he's carrying it into midfield areas, certain midfielders don't obviously have to show for the ball in dangerous areas. He's got a good range of passing as well from what I've seen, not just in comps, but in real life, which will obviously help with uh, Conte's automations. So he's spraying it out to either wing back, if he's playing centre-centre-back, can help us quite a lot. And um, I'm sure he could clip some good balls into forwards as well. So... Different. Yeah, he raises the technical baseline of our defence, but he cannot defend. Um, yeah. I hope I'm wrong on that, but I yeah. hope I just hope Conte's structure gives and covers for some of those deficiencies. <laughs> same, same, same here, bro. I, I, I agree with everything you said, and I think, I think, um, I think whilst whilst there will be times where I think he will get panned in this league. Um, the key two points you've made are the fact that Conte has brought this guy, not because he's a good defender, but he's brought him up because of his ability to play out um, of defence with the ball, whether that's passing or whether that's breaking, well, breaking lines with his passing, being comfortable to receive the ball from the goalkeeper and then distribute from there. Um, I think we all know it's clear Conte wants us to constantly play with the ball from the back. Um uh, and I think the the good point to note about what you mentioned there is the mid-block aspect of our game. Um, we will not leave Longley as exposed as he is at Barcelona. They play a very, very, very high line with very, very, very physically inadequate centre-backs, um, which is why you see PK at like 50 years old getting rinsed the way he does. So... Um, it's mad. <laughs> Spurs have signed such a poor player, but we're trying to find positives here because it has been a positive window. I'm not going to let this signing sort of take away from the good that we've done this window. And I'm not going to let this signing take away from um, how we want to progress going on next 
next season. But what I will say is this. Personally, I will be a bit disappointed if Longley is our only centre-back signing this yeah. summer. I think we need I to make clear. Um, yes, he can cover at left centre-back. Yes, he can cover at centre-centre-back. But we know full well the players that we've been linked with all summer. We know how how much better Spurs can be if we bring in that certified centre-back to be the one that could start more often than not. Because I think I think we can't be naive. Longley will get a sufficient amount of game time. I think he will. But he's not going to be the, the main guy to be called upon. And I think we're still searching for that main guy, um, especially on that left hand, that left side of the three, uh, to come in. So... I still want Spurs to, to, to target someone this summer. Um, and I really hope that we can get that one over the line. For sure. And um, there's a few names being batted around in the uh, in the chat now for um, that potential centre-back. I, I still think we're probably holding fire for seeing what the Pistoni situation is. Mm. Um, that's just at best guess. And that's that's a transfer I'm personally prepared to wait for. I think the window's open for for quite a while still. So there's a lot of uh, things we can, which can happen between now and then. We can agree deals in principle in case that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, personally, I wouldn't want Bremer. Um, I think it's too much of an adjustment for him. And I don't think he raises the, the technical baseline for what we need at centre-back at all. I haven't seen anything of... Hincape, I think I've said his name right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too sure. I think he probably does have ability, but for me, I I prefer a centre back that's had decent level of a decent amount of high level experience. Yeah. Um, so he can obviously hit the ground running, which I think Evan and Dicker does have. Um, he's used to playing in that that kind of role, and he's um obviously just had a very good season with Frankfurt, so. Um, that would be my preference out of those names in the chat. I'd also be open to to Paul Torres as well. Um, but there's a lot of um, talk of his defensive deficiencies as God. much as Longley. God, I don't rate Paul Torres, but again, he's one of them players. In fact, I don't rate Paul Torres. I don't rate him defensively. I think he'll get pammed in this league defensively. But again, I feel like he's one of those players who does tick the technical aspect in terms of his ability to pass a ball. Um, and you could just see that Conte, again, I can see Conte doing a thing with him. But if it's down to me, I want to go all out for Bastoni, man. Just test their resolve, man, please. Just throw money at them. Just say, look, 60 million here. Just, just give us Bastoni, man, please. And Bremer actually looks... I've not watched him a lot. I think I probably watched maybe like two. <laughs> this is the thing. Nobody has, but the whole no time. Like, everyone, everyone, yeah. like, Nobody's seen Bremer. Yeah. I've watched maybe like two games, but I've read about Bremer and I've seen these stats and he looks, he actually looks a good defender. And I think, I think the one thing to note is that Serie A defender of the year, it's not to be taken lightly. I think you can take a lot of pride in someone winning that award and trust that they're a relatively good defender. But for what Spurs want to do, for what Spurs want to do, the way we want to play out, that's not Bremer's. It's not Bremer's qualities. People are saying put Bremer in in the center of a of a three man defense. Communication is key. Organization is key. We've seen Bremer when he's played. He's playing on the left hand side of a what of like a traditional four man defense, isn't he? Left centre back. 
So it's either four, three or four-man defence, because I think Torino, I think they sometimes they play three at the back. I can't even remember. I don't know. But when you look at this guy's ball progression stats, they're not good. They're not good. And when you actually watch clips of this guy play, he ain't he ain't that guy to sort of initiate attacks. He isn't. And he's not even left-footed. So, listen, I like Bremer. I'm not going to complain if Spurs brought Bremer in, but I'm not. I'm also not going to lose my shit if Spurs don't sign Bremer because I think profile-wise, Spurs can definitely get a player that suits their needs better than Bremer. For sure. For sure. I'm getting cooked for the Paul Torres shout in the chat as well. But, oh, yeah, so I, I still stand by that. Paul Torres. <laughs> I think the Euros were uh, a bad showing from him, but he's impressed me this season when I've seen him in the Champions League stand up against Bayern and and Liverpool. Um, obviously, against Liverpool, their goalkeeper through the game, I don't think that was a result of Paul Torres or Paul Thomas, as he's being called. What about the Euros um, window, man? He got rinsed at the He Euro. got absolutely dunked on so, several times. Yeah. I was watching that wincing every time he went in for a 1v1 but yeah uh, yeah I think he's he's got I think that's that adds to his uh his experience which I think has been good for him um I see he won the Europa League the season before mm -hmm. uh with Villarreal playing well in that team um and um again I think Babs is saying Badia Shida is a better option I think I haven't seen him um but Monaco is it back yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen him to be fair, but um, I trust that you've watched him quite a lot, Babs, and he probably would be a good option for us to consider. But I definitely wouldn't turn my nose at Paul Torres. I, I, I think we can do a lot worse than him. Well, we have. We've. I say we have. Um, I, I, they're they're in the same school of defenders for me, to be honest. But I feel like he he's a bit more of a flavor of the month type guy right now. So yeah, um, okay, we'll see. Let's watch this space. Let's see where we go with, with that centre back addition because not just Paul Torres. Um, you've heard Guardo as well. I've not I've not seen this guy even play five games, but there's an eight million pound price tag on his head. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, he seems really good. But for me, that, that experience aspect of him as well. He's like 22 years old, right? He's, I think he's 20. Jeez. Yeah, bro. Actually, I, no, he might. I think I'm going to check this now because I could be thinking of another <laughs> defender. I think that's how Hincape is 20. But um, yeah, he's still very early 20s for someone that hasn't lot, played man. at a higher level that oh. many games. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, when you spend that yeah, money... Yeah, no, he is 20 years old. Yeah. When you spend that money on a centre-back, they have to be... They have to bring in, like, insane level of impact. I'm sorry. Because I know you're paying on potential as well, but, brother, for that P, we're going to need to see something right now. And I don't know. I don't know. He's an unknown quantity to me. I don't I don't know what he's about. I don't know what he's about. So, yeah. Um. Anyway... Anyway, let's let's move on now. So Spurs obviously got Richarlison over the line, long lay over the line. Um, a player that apparently we're closing in on um, and in what seems to be probably one of the longest running transfer stories this summer is Jed Spence. Um, it seems as if Spurs are set to agree uh, initial £15 million fee plus add-ons, which will take it to around 20-odd million, I think. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on this impending transfer for us? For us, 
I mean, it's an upgrade on what we have by the looks of it. Um, for me, I'd want because he hasn't played. Um, I know he's played against Premier League teams, but he hasn't played in the Premier League or a high European competition yet. I'd want us, if we are serious about Jed Spence, to to get him in before this kind of preseason tour, just to kind of make up for that kind of um, lack of experience at the highest level to just get used to the team, get used to Conte's structure, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And we can bridge that gap quite quickly, I think, if he was mm-hmm. to join that tour. Um, also, as well as upgrading the position, he's good for the homegrown quota, which um, I'm not even sure I still fully understand, but I know we definitely need it for European competition for that to be kind of more in line. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, I think we can look to do good business in uh, getting Emerson Royale moved to La Liga. Um, I think Conte did well with him, obviously, towards the end of the season, but he wasn't signed as a right wing back, and I don't think he can. So, yeah, yeah I think it uh, represents a decent little bit of business. It kind of reminds me of when, around the time we signed Carl Walker, um, he's already kind of had his like low move or bit of game time at a high level at um, yeah. Forest and Middlesbrough. Yeah. So, yeah, with him and the impact that he made, and from what I've seen, like he, the impact he made at Middlesbrough, yeah, bring him. Yeah, no, I actually, it's funny you mentioned Walker because I actually made this this point um, uh, literally just the other day when I was speaking to a mate. I, I honestly don't know what to expense, expense. I honestly don't know what to expect from Jed Spence, um, I, I've not watched him a great deal. I've seen him here and there. Um, he looks a good talent. And from what I read about him, he sounds like a, 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 a smart signing for Spurs. Um, but my preference would have been for someone who who's already a bit more tested or who's already proven their, their, their sort of, their weight in gold in this league already. And I think... You don't get that with Jed Spence, but what you do get is a player who the club have scouted extensively. And for those who um, still think that we are moving the same way we used to move, well, if you've been listening to some of these Spurs spaces that have been going on, um, someone like Paul O'Keefe has actually broken down um, how we look at players now and the way we look at players and we start players with Paratici or Paratici is completely different. So if they're bringing him in, they're bringing him in under the, under the, um, under the um, conditions that this is a player that Conte wants. This is a player that we've scouted. This is a player that we believe can play the right wing back or not right back or whatever we can, um, not just right back, sorry, but he can play the right wing back role as well. And then when I actually look at his profile, um, he's he's a beast um, physically. Like he's tall, he's strong, he's fast, and he's young and he's hungry, man. And I think he 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 proved to people at Middlesbrough because um, obviously they got Isaiah Jones. He proved to the people at Middlesbrough that he was good enough to to play regularly in the championship, and he was one of their best players for Nottingham Forest to a team who have just got promoted. So let's see what he can do, man. Let's see what he can do. If they, if, if that's who we've said, um, Conte and Paratici or Paratici, sorry, I don't even know how to, what the correct terminology for this guy's name is, but um, if that's who they want, then bring him in. And the English thing helps. So let's see. 
obviously the stakes are much bigger now than when they were when we put Kyle Walker into the team, but it's the same principle. It's the same principle. Exactly. You've got and a young, talented English um, right-sided defender, yeah? Let's put him into the team and let's see what he can do, man. For sure. And I, I, I agree. We, we obviously can probably do better in terms of probably signing a more established right wing back, but we, we still got options in the team. Like Perisic can play, can play on that side if needed. I'm sure he can deputize. I know he's probably been signed more as the left wing back, but we know he's technically proficient and intelligent enough to, to play right wing back as he played in the Conte system before. And obviously another, um, Alternative, if need be, given um, an in-game circumstance, Conte, Conte said that uh, Kulizewski could deputise there as well. So oh, we have options there. Oh, I worked you in. Are I worked in. I'm you not are shameless. Are shameless. You it's have not been shameless. It's not shameless. It's a good option. <laughs> <laughs> it's you are shameless now, but you not are shameless. I still stand by it. I still stand by it, and I can see your members in the in the group chat coming round to it as well, even though they hate to admit it. But yeah, given an in-game circumstance where we're looking to break a team down, for sure, I think that's an option. So, in the comments, so Mister Ashley O'Nan has put Molina as a good alternative. Bone star. Who is Molina? I've seen this name quite a lot on the time. Who is I think it? we need people to interact with their Twitter accounts to tell us who he is. Because so yeah, please, and maybe... I'm not saying that. I, 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 I don't know anything of him. I, I anything couldn't even tell you what nationality he is. he is. I couldn't tell you what club he plays for. Uh, literally nothing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who is he? Tell so let's let's for those who are watching now, can you tweet the New Spurs Order Twitter account and tell us or send us clips of, of where we can actually get an extensive view on this Molina guy? Because listen, Jed Spence. He's already playing in England and he's already playing in the physically demanding league in the championship. So obviously the Premier League is a whole different kettle of fish compared to the championship. But let's see, man. Let us see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, anyway, so we've spoken about the good news, which is that Spurs could potentially have five players signed and ready. Um, in fact, is it five? So Perisic, Basuma, Fraser Forster. Richarlison. So if we get Spence and Longley through the door, that's six players that we'll have um, potentially available before pre-season starts. That's crazy to me. You're um, rating Paratici now, yeah? Mate, he's done, he's done, he's, yeah, yeah. I'm giving him his flowers this summer, I must say. I'm giving him his flowers this summer. I'm giving Conte his flowers for putting pressure on the powers that be and driving this team to get Champions League football because Champions League football has basically opened up this war chest that we seem to have. Um, and I rate Paratici or Paratici. In fact, I'm just going to start calling him Paratici. I rate Paratici for um, for, for basically um, 
going through with the first choice targets that Conte wanted. Conte wanted Perisic, he got him. Conte wanted Bissouma, he got him. Conte wanted Richarlison, he got him. Yeah, even Fraser. He, want, he wanted Longley as well, apparently. Longley, so he got him. Fair, so, fair enough. Um, fair play to um, Paratici. Um, flipping, I keep jumping in and out of it. <laughs> yeah, fair play. <laughs> Fair play to him, like I really gave him a lot of stick. Um, and I think the stick was justified in my opinion. But January onwards, this guy has done his thing, man. He's done his thing, and fair play to him. I'm excited to see what else is left in the pipeline this summer. Um, it's been it's been a really good window so far, and I think what I've loved the most about this window is that he's targeting these players and we're going out and signing these players in absence of, of us selling any. So we're going to talk on sales next, of course, but we're bringing all these players in. We're not worrying about selling first to bring them in. We're, we're doing the opposite and we're doing what the better clubs do. They bring in their talent first and then they sort all that other shit out afterwards. Anyway, let's move on to outgoings. Let's move on to outgoings because it seems like we're going to have a bloated squad. And of course, you've got the scaremongering already. So I, see, I even saw a tweet the other day said. Spurs, the squad's too big. How are we going to do this? Red already. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> we bring the players in early. You're saying, now nah, the squad's too big. But it's obvious. It is obvious. It does not take a genius to know that Spurs will have a significant amount of outgoings this summer. Um, and we have to go through them one by one. So we'll start. We've already mentioned Emerson. Yeah, Emerson has been linked with Atletico Madrid, who have just sold um, Vasayko. He's left now. Um, I'm yep. pretty sure I saw that Atletico tried to make a loan offer for Emerson, but we want a permanent, a permanent agreement. So, what's your thoughts on 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 that potential outgoing? On on Emerson, yeah. For me, it, it, it represents again good business. Um, as I said earlier, I think Conte he did well to um, get something out of him towards the end of the season. He put in some really good performances, and I think um, obviously that inadvertently helps him be more attractive on the transfer market. So, with with Jed Spence imminent, uh, we've got now um, a player who is going to be signed as likely to be a right wing-back specialist and obviously Emerson Royale, who's not a right wing-back specialist, heading out the door, probably playing in the team, which suits his strengths a lot more because by, by and large, he's he's actually a very good defender. Like that mm-hmm. that game um, at Anfield, he was immense. Hey, but... hey, hey, sorry. Did you say he's a very good defender? I think he's a very good defender, yeah. No, he isn't, Owen. No, maybe I'm comparing him to Aurier and Trippier before him, but he has the capacity to defend, yes. And I think his best performances for Spurs have certainly been at the defensive end and not the offensive end. But let's not okay, that's fair because I'm not willing to die on the hill with him being a very good defender. (laughs) Maybe I'm I'm, I should be pitching this to Simeone, not you, yeah. You should, you should, um, but. It's a common sense bit of business, all in all, to summarise it, to be honest. And I think How much we would can still 20 million euros. Yeah. I think that covers, obviously, the spence fee as well. So that's uh, 
that's yeah again a common sense bit of business mm, yeah i think i think if spurs get a fee of around 15 to 20 odd million yeah take it man just take it please take it and run and just just sell him and move him on um in my eyes ideally I would have loved Spurs to sign two right backs or right wing backs this summer and and flog both Doherty and and Emerson. But listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, I don't think I don't think Spurs were going to get two new uh, fullbacks or wing backs in each position. Um, it was always going to be one and done on on either side. Mm-hmm. I think, and then we we persevere with the other option. So. I think we need to move him on. Um, let's talk about your boy, though. Let's talk about your man's, Harry Winks, because the writing is on the wall for your guy. He can't, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't surviving this summer. He's going. Um, he's been told that he can officially leave the club. And it seems as if there's a lot of interest in Harry Winks, contrary to a lot of people's thoughts. Yeah. Southampton are interested. Everton were interested. I think Brighton potentially may have been interested. Um, but the latest in the rumour mill is that Leicester could potentially be interested. Now, <laughs> how do you see this developing? Do you feel like we can we will get a permanent a permanent move away for Winks sorted to a club for straight cash? Or do you put in any stock in the rumours with Tielemans? I think the rumours with T Elements are pretty air, to be honest, but it, hypothetically, that would be something I would entertain. Um, I think he'd actually work really well on the Brendan Rodgers side. I think it's more likely he'll go to Everton, though, um, especially just the amount we've been talking and um, back and forth and how he was potentially going to be involved um, inadvertently with the Richarlison deal, not as like a player exchange because with financial fair play, that's kind of killed certain player exchange deals. I think mm. um, teams need to show money on a changing hands on the balance sheet to just pitch to FFP. Um, mm. Because if he's if you do like a player exchange deal, you can just be like, okay, winks and Richard like thirty five million for Richarlison because a player doesn't represent. Um, represent the fee is too relative to kind of say how much a player is worth right so I think he'll likely go to Everton um, maybe in this kind of like loan with a obligation although apparently they don't want the obligation but with a loan to buy for like 15-20 million mm. um, even if it was 15 million final fee I'd take it to be honest like let's just keep it moving uh we have upgraded on winks now with basuma well with ben tanker initially and now basuma mm-hmm. um so yeah I'll, i'm happy for him to go to another team get first team football with a team that suits him and thrive with the tielemon's links again i think it's uh but a player i would definitely consider having if and when we do decide to get rid of andombele even though um, like Tielemans is a player I rate highly and he's a player I think we need as like a kind of a more incisive playmaking number eight so obviously mm-hmm. he's he's not like a lot of fans say he's lazy 
Um, he's he's not lazy. He's just unathletic. There is a difference. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> that video came out of him trying to sprint, and uh, yeah. that's and not like a bad thing. Him, man. But he's definitely a good option for us to have against these teams, which um, that are going to sit back against us. I think it's yeah. going to be different next season with um, with our team because everyone knows our strengths under Conte. Now it's going to be more yeah. inviting teams onto us, and we'll hit them in transition where well, I think teams next season are going to sit uh, back against us more. Whereas Tielemans is someone that can break lines regularly, either through dribbling or a wide passing range. Um, mm-hmm. He's very good at building play slowly and dictating tempo for uh, his teams more often than not to be able to sustain pressure. And he's got a very good final ball on him. Yep as well as the good race to help with Conte's automations. And on top of that, he is a goal threat. Exactly. Like he got that game-winning goal in the FA Cup final against Chelsea and while running that game. So, um, yeah, like an example I'd use as well of maybe games being different next season, when we played Aston Villa away towards the end of last season, they properly came on to us. They were pamming us for... For quite a while, but we killed them in transition and ended up winning the game 4 0. Yeah, I don't think teams like that are going to do that next season. If mm-hmm. I mean, if they're in their right mind, I don't think they'll be doing that as often next season. And we're going to need a better playmaker either in the eight or um, maybe one of the wider attacking positions because I don't think we're going to be playing a 10. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be playing the 10. That's, yeah, someone that can come in, help sustain pressure and unlock those doors in central Defo. areas. Definitely. Uh, sure but I, I'm still in the, the camp of Ndombele staying, potentially. He's done, man. Uh, and we can we can discuss this all, to be fair, because I 1,000% agree with everything you said about Tiedemann. I think the fact that not only is he a golf threat, um, with his stronger foot, he's also a goal threat with his weaker foot. He can use both feet, he can pass with both feet, he can take corners. And I feel like Spurs need that profile midfielder in their team. I'll keep banging on about it. I know Sai, I know Sai, Sai um, wants to go down the, the functional route, and I think we have done that. But we've got four midfielders who who are all physically equipped to cope with the Premier League. You're just bringing in Basuma now, who's excellent defensively, great dribbler, great um, at um, great at beating the press, yeah, really good ball retention. But I want Spurs to have that midfielder in their arsenal who can unlock a team, yeah? Like you said, that middle third playmaker, someone who it's very, very automatic for him to actually just cut teams open. And for I sure, think he- and... Can I do think that with we these. can um, we can make those allowances for that profile of player as well. Like, I don't think it needs to be functioning midfield every game. We've now got midfielders in Basuma and Skip who are very good at covering those kind of big spaces left right. in behind. And we also right. got three centre-backs behind as well yep. who are yep. very good, especially Romero and Ben Davis. They're very good at covering big spaces and covering for potentially a midfielder just to bomb on. I mean, yeah. Boybier was doing it last season as well. So, yeah. Exactly. And I think we are... And beyond that as well, I think we need a fifth midfielder. We do. Um, let's be real. We'll, let's, and we can we can speak on Indom candidly as well. Yeah. He's not he's he's not making it out the hood. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> I love... 
I love Indom, and I think the video clips that we're seeing of him training shows what we all, what we've always known, what I still believe. When it comes to purely football, football, as in with a ball at his feet, this guy is a baller. I don't care what anyone tells me; he's a baller. He knows how to to play football, but unfortunately, he does not know how to play midfield for Conte. He doesn't. He does not know how to play midfield for Spurs. And you could argue that Spurs have a midfielder in Bissouma who could allow for Ndom to do what he needs to do with a, in a three-man midfield if you had a Bissouma and a skip, for instance, or Bissouma and Benton Core. But I just think the way he plays football, Antonio Conte is not going to have it. And I think the writing is on the wall for Ndom. He ain't, he ain't making it. Um, at Tottenham, unfortunately. I think it's not worked that well for him. I think he's going to go um, this summer. I think this also is going to go this summer. I think it's very clear to see who's in the manager's plans and who isn't. And I, and I, and I trust that the guys behind the scenes are working very hard to get these players moved on. And I expect at least, at least five players to be moved on this summer. I expect Winks to go. I expect Ndom to go. I expect Lo Celso to go. I expect Joe Rodon to go. I expect Emerson to go. And um, the last player that I wanted us to speak on is um, Steven Bergwijn. I expect him to go as well. And I even expect Regulon to go. That's around seven players. Mm. But let's talk about the last two, Bergwijn. I think, Owen, we spoke about how we're happy with not only Le uh, Levy's change in policy, but also... Um, Paratici's change as well, um, in that Spurs are no longer sort of willing to haggle the whole summer with clubs. I think we we do what we need to do in the best interest of the club to move the player on. But I must say, I'm actually happy that Spurs have taken a strong stance with, with Bergvan. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think Ajax are trying to take us from, from Mugs. Yeah, we're seeing how stern that they, how stern they've been in Arsenal and Man United's pursuit of Lisandro. The price is the price for Lisandro. They don't want to sell him for any less. They've just sold Sebastian Haller to Dortmund for I can't even remember the price. I think what it was like 30, 33 million quid euros. I can't even remember. They put an eighty million euro price tag on Anthony's head. They sold Ryan Gravenberch to Bayern Munich. Yeah. If you can pay 21.5 million for Bergvine, why can't you pay 25 million? Why can't you pay 25 million? Who else? I think that they're about to sell that um that centre back to Manchester United as well. Yeah, and yeah. I always get the impression that the the Dutch hate the kind of well, they have disdain for the English way of of football where we, we have all this money and it kind of takes away from actually developing players like, like they do and we obviously just kind of swoop in and take all the players out of their league so maybe they're, they're holding kind of more English clubs to ransom because they just know that we're we're much better equipped on the money side of things um, but that shouldn't that shouldn't prevent them from signing a player who they've been after I, I guess under previous management um, it was the previous coach in Ten Hag that really wanted to hit him, but still a player that they've been after as a club for what's what feels like the best part of like a whole calendar year, mate. 
So when he's now available and he's actually looking to to join you, just pay the money because we we know you've got the money now. Yeah, we know you've got the money now, and I know you probably want to sign other players in other areas to replace players like Gravenberg and Haller. But um, there you go. There's your Haller replacement. There, just pay the money, um, hey. or maybe try and structure the deal where you know you play less up front. Do installments FC. We're usually happy to do that. So. Yeah. And I think with this one as well, yeah, like, I think with this one, yeah, the general consensus on Bergvine, not my opinion, but the general consensus on Bergvine for a fair amount of Spurs fans and Dutch fans in particular, and Ajax fans, is he hasn't been given the opportunity to shine at Spurs. And um, if he goes to Ajax and he plays regular football, he'll flourish. So if you really believe in this player, then just pay what it takes to get the player. I don't really understand the issue. Um how old is Bergwijn now? Like 24 years old, 25 years old? When he goes to the international team, he does well for, for Holland, yeah? Just pay the money. Pay the money and let him do what he needs to do because I think um, we've heard that Spurs have received um, Spurs have received offers from like the likes of Everton or whatever who are willing to meet our price tag. But I think Bergwijn would be their Champions record League. signing if they sign him for 25. I think that might be why they're kind of haggling a bit because Haller, they signed, uh, was their record signing for like 22.5. Yeah. Um. So maybe they just want it to be maybe more of a statement signing for their record signing. But I mean, Haller again was a West Ham reject. I think um, Bergwijn's shown more tangibles to be effective in that Ajax team. So... Yeah, while they're haggling, I actually just don't know. Just buy him. And just buy him, to be honest. And then um, Regulon as well. It's gone a bit quiet with Regulon. Like, I think Regulon is... Uh, what we're hearing from Gold and all the other journals is that he's obviously reluctant to leave Spurs, and rightly so. I think the Spurs, the club are going... The, the club are moving in an upwards, upward uh, trajectory. Um, Antonio Conte is a manager, and we're going to be playing Champions League football this upcoming season and he gets to live in London. So I can see why he would be reluctant to leave, but surely there's got to be, there's got to be a path out of Spurs here because I don't see how Spurs retain three options at wing, but somebody's got to go. And I think it's most likely going to be him considering the fact that Cess is younger and English Where's his pathway um, out of Tottenham this summer? Sorry, was that Sessignon? Uh Regulon. Oh, Regulon. Pff, I'm not sure. I think he's... From what um, I guess we can make of it, he's one of those that's kind of been asked to potentially find another club. Sorry, you might be able to hear my son in the background, so apologies for that. Yeah, but um, <laughs> my uh, um, Obviously, my inkling is that... See, I think we've been told that Regulon's final fee to be paid to Madrid is this summer. So mm -hmm. I guess if we can get a fee for him this summer for him to go out, then we don't have to necessarily pay it. Um, we've already got an upgrade in him on Perisic. So, yeah, Perisic and Sessegnon being left wing back is, I guess, the ideal option. But me personally, I guess... And, and and I know and I've said already like Perisic has ideally been signed to play left wing back, but because he plan because mm. he can play right wing back, Regulon and Sessignon being our left wing back options isn't 
the worst. I don't know if you think those those are bad options either. To be fair, I think Regulon can get someone back somewhat back to the level he was at when he first joined Spurs. Agree. Um, once he's actually over his injuries, um, as frustrating as he was at times last season, um, I think that was again just getting used to a new structure. And some of his injury problems. I think he was playing with injuries when um, when Sessegnon was out, also injured. So um, with the injury problems that Sessegnon is hopefully over by now, um, over the course of this summer. I know he's doing work on on those areas um, of his game and kind of strengthening his hamstrings a bit. I think it could be a good idea. To, to just keep regular on just in case Sesson Young isn't quite over his injury issues. Fair. Fair, but fair. I'm indifferent either way. Like I wouldn't hate it if we sold him. I wouldn't hate it if we kept him. To be honest, I think we need to move him on. Um, but I do think that people go overboard in their criticism of Regulon. Like they talk about him like he's some scrub. Like this guy is quite clearly not a bad player. And in my opinion, I still think he's better than Sessignon. I really do. I, I, I really think he's better than Sess. But it just so happens that he's the casualty because he'll um he'll fetch a higher a higher price right now. And um he just isn't really working as the wing back that we need him to be on the Conte. So that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Um but listen, I think I think there's definitely going to be a lot of activity over the next uh, month for sure. So we just need to keep our eyes peeled and see how this materializes, not just for Regulon, but for pretty much all the players we've spoken about because somebody, someone's got to go. Somebody's got to go. <laughs> somebody's got to go. Um, anyway, I think yeah. that is our today. Owen, it's been a pleasure chopping up with you. Um, we've literally just hit the hour mark, so we'll cap it here. For those who are still watching, do us a favor. Uh, smash the like on this video. If you're not subscribed to the new Touchline channel, make sure you subscribe to that. The link for the YouTube channel will be in our Twitter handle, I think, or Twitter header. I can't even remember. But make sure, at the very least, you follow... Um, Touchline Fracker on Twitter and on Instagram. It's one word. And make sure you also follow the New Spurs order on Twitter and on Instagram. Again, it's just mm. one word. Very, very yeah. easy to spell. Very, very easy to find. And just make sure you interact with us. So what were your thoughts on today's pod? What are your thoughts on our signing so far? What are your thoughts on our window so far? I think we should probably do maybe like a Patreon piece soon on like maybe window assessment out of 10 or something like that but anyway for thank sure, you for, for sure i just want to say just on. one thing as well like again just big ups to the chat congratulations to alfie divine and dane scarlet oh yes on winning the england under 19s thing i didn't watch it i was out last night but congratulations to them yeah and um like times are saying yeah please interact with us on the twitter more we are looking to get into the spaces fairly often as well to to chop it up um as well so yeah just keep an eye out for that fair fair um i think you made a good point with the divine and scarlet thing as well um they look like they had a, they it sounds like they had a good tournament 
Um, obviously glad they won. Um, Alfie Devine's name has been ringing bells, not just from Spurs fans, but from neutral fans as well over the past couple of weeks. Um, it looks like Spurs actually have some some good talent um, in their ranks now. So let's see how that develops. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in, folks. Owen, you've been a gent. Thanks for hopping on and this early Saturday pod by our standards anyway. And we'll be back soon next week take care peace out and up the spurs peace Podcast Network.